This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Be real. I almost put a third word on that title, be real man, because that's kind of where my heart's at with it. It's not just a title. It is a decree over you. Be real. Have you ever, honestly, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but, but kind of talk back to me for a moment. Have you ever looked at somebody or thought about somebody and just thought that statement of, man, I just wish they'd be real. Be real. Why? Because, man, life's too short to be fake. Just be real. We know you got problems. We already know you got problems. So stop trying to act like you don't. Be real. And here's the, here's the fresh uh, Here's the, here's the fresh breath of air, is that God wants you real. Stop trying to present yourself as perfection and stop expecting perfection from others. There's nothing wrong with having a problem, but it becomes a greater problem when you don't acknowledge and deal with your problems. And the first step of dealing with your problems, whether it's a physical sickness, whether it's troubled mind, whether it's a financial difficulty, whether it's, it's, a, it's a family matter, the first step is acknowledging I need some help from heaven yes. in my earthly challenge and situation. Yes, but here's what we run into, and I'm about to get into my topic for today. Here's what we run into. We... We can't even be honest with God, so how in the world do you think we can be honest with one another? And here's the catch. God already sees through it. But those closest to us, they deserve the real us. Denora, my wife, deserves the real me. I deserve the real her. My kids deserve the real daddy. They deserve the real. We started this thing off first Sunday talking about being real in the sense of taking off the mask of our dark side. And every single one of us have one. And the, and the quicker we get real with God with our dark side, Judd, the better off we're going to be. And then last Sunday, boy, did we not touch a sensitive subject. We talked about conflict. And we talked about the wrong ways of handling conflict. And then we talked about the biblical way. I'm not going to say the right way. It's the biblical way, which means it's the only way. To handle conflict. And then today what we're going to talk about uh, on this Sunday, it's strategic. I placed this message here today because I know what we're about to launch into. We're about to hit the holiday cycle. And today I'm going to be spending some time with you, uh, my family, my friends, concerning getting real and being real and taking off this crazy mask that involves relationships. Everyone say relationships. So it's about to get tight in this room for a few minutes. But you will leave feeling better than when you came. So here we go. Our text all month long, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Out of the message, we refuse to wear masks. We refuse it. We're not going to wear masks. And we refuse to play games. We're not going to maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. Rather, what are we going to do instead of that? Rather, we're going to keep everything we do and we're going to keep everything we say out in the open. That doesn't mean you have to post it. It just says you're not going to be manipulative and you're not going to uh, be deceitful 
and you're not going to be maneuvering behind the scenes. You're going to be real. Everyone say, be real. be real. Now, for those that follow the message on your app, on your smart device or your iPad, etc., for those that are op- that following the notes, I'm going to give you a scripture that's not in your notes. I apologize, but this just kind of came after I sent the notes in, into that format. This kind of came into my spirit. Um, when Bishop Ron hired me, it was, it was just over 20 years ago that he hired me and had me come and serve our church. And, and my first position I held here was over student ministry. And you know how every church youth group, man, you got to have a name of a youth group. You can't have a youth group without a name. I mean, it's impossible. It's, it's found in Hezekiah chapter 5, verse 3. Thou youth group must have a name. And for those looking for Hezekiah, that's not in the Bible. I made that up. So don't drive yourself crazy. Hezekiah. Man, that man's in false doctrine. I don't believe it's in there. It's not even in the Bible. Just hang in there with me. So we had a little name, but we chose a number instead of a name. We chose the number seven because the number seven is the number of completion. And it's found in Colossians chapter number two. Colossians two and verse number nine says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him dwelleth all the fullness, that word fullness is going to come up today, okay? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So this morning I'm talking about this this beautiful understanding of Scripture, and we're going to get there here, we're going to get there. That you have this space in your heart that can only be filled by God, not by people. And we're talking about relationships. So to get things started, I want to show you a little movie clip. 1996, there was a movie that came out with this uh, fella named Tom Cruise. And I don't understand why all Toms have to be five foot two, but we are. And Tom Cruise was, uh, was a successful businessman in the movie. And uh, the movie is Jerry Maguire. And uh, one of the most quoted movies of all time. Somebody finish it for me. Show me. Yeah. Bishop Ron, you knew that like more than anybody else. You like shouted that. I didn't know you ever watched that movie. Back in the 90s, you weren't supposed to be watching movies, Bishop. You just spilled the beans, bruh. You just spilled the beans. Here's the deal. Show me the money. That's one of the great statements off that movie. But then there was another scene that just captured, it just captured the hearts of America, right, and globally. It just captured everybody because it's just this intense, romantic scene. Here it is. Let's watch this together. Hello? Hello? I'm looking for my wife. Wait. Okay. 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 This is where it has to happen, and this... Where it has to happen. I'm not letting you 
get rid of me. How about that? This used to be my specialty. You know, I was good in the living room. They send me in there and I do it alone. And now I just. Tonight, our little project, our company, had a very big night. A very, very big night. But it wasn't complete. It wasn't nearly close to being in the same vicinity as complete. Because I couldn't share it with you. I couldn't hear your voice. I wouldn't laugh about it with you. I miss my, I miss my wife. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me. And I just had shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. Come on now. It is so funny. All you hear. When the lights are coming up in this sanctuary, oh, oh, oh. dude, it's Hollywood. <laughs> hey guys, before we beat ourselves up, it took like a three year and three different writers just to come up with that slick line. So we're not as bad as we think we are right now. Okay, fellas? That's not real. Here's the problem with the statement. Hollywood culture, this crazy world we're living in, it, it can trap you into thinking, to literally thinking that people could actually complete you. Oh, Romeo Tom says, you, you, complete me. Man, give me a break. Hey. You'll never be made complete by people. I don't care how handsome he is. I don't care how hot she is. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care what kind of group it is. As in, man, man if I could just get into that group, I know that this empty space in my heart would be, be filled. If I could just get that job, if I could just get that degree, if I could just get into that college and go to that school, if we could just, maybe if we could just live in that neighborhood, or, or maybe if we can get, maybe if we can join that country club, or 
How about this one? Man, if we could just go to that church, I know that my empty space will be filled up. And the truth is, there is a space in your life that will remain empty until it is filled by God. It doesn't matter how far you look. It doesn't matter how hard you try. You were designed by God with a special little place where only he can live. And if you try to create intimacy, whether from a romantic angle or a platonic angle, if you try to have connection with someone before you get yourself whole, Every single relationship will be a failed attempt to complete you. And that's why you'll go from marriage to marriage, group to group. Do you remember back in school, we have some of the AO students in this second service. You remember the struggle in school years and formidable school years? You could be a jock one day. You could be a redneck the next day. You could be a band guy the next day. You could be in the chess club. Well, I never could get in the chess club, but you could get in the chess club one day. And you're constantly moving, and you're constantly changing, looking for completion. We all have this compulsion for completion that will never be met outside of God. And it doesn't stop, man, when you graduate high school. There's 50-year-olds in the first service. That constantly are looking for completion. And they'll never find it. They'll always be empty. The founder of eHarmony, anybody ever heard of eHarmony? First service thought that was some kind of hymnal book. (laughs) They loved page 272 out of eHarmony. It's a website. The founder of eHarmony, Neil Warren, Neil Warren, he was asked one time, what one single bit of advice would you give to every single man or single woman that, that, that signs up for your website service? What one thing would you tell them? He said, it's easy. I would tell them to get themselves healthy before they get themselves married. Because... If you are unhealthy entering into a relationship, the relationship instantly becomes unhealthy. Because a relationship is only as healthy as the least healthy in it. So if you've got a messed up dude with a strong, awesome, healthy woman, the relationship's still unhealthy. If you've got a messed up chick with a really cool, godly, righteous fella, the relationship's unhealthy. Now, that's on the romance side. Let's talk about just business partnerships. If you've got a business relationship where one person's swimming in debt, one person, you know, they think two plus two is nine, and and that person has not one single idea of entrepreneurship, but yet they're drinking coffee and they come up with this great idea, and the savvy guy instantly hooked up with a loser in business, the business will be dissolved. Because relationships can only be as healthy as the, most, uh, as the least healthy one in the relationship. And this is where we mess up. We start these A-frame relationships 
kind of like an A-frame ladder. We start these A-frame relationships where we constantly find that one person, we, whether it be a parent to child, child to parent, whether it's husband, wife, business, you name it. What we do is we start leaning on one person. We put all of our eggs in one basket, and we think that we're going to be completed by this relationship. Yesterday, uh, Denora, me, and my two girls, we went and watched this new movie out called Wonder. We watched it just yesterday. I've been familiar with the story for years. Uh, my daughter, so much like our, our other students that are represented, you know, there's three books that tell that, that movie. And uh, the books have been out for a long time. And, and, and we've known the story of Augie, uh, August. We've known that story for a while. But I'm, the movie just brings it to life. And there's a little story within the story that kind of gets overlooked. And Augie has a sister. And Augie's sister has a best friend. But the problem is the best friend ends up going her own way and it leaves Augie's sister devastated. Leaves her devastated because his sister put all of her relationship currency into that one relationship. And when that went wrong, the A-frame, when it slipped, when one leg of the A-frame slipped, it all fell. And this is the danger of unhealthy relationships, whether it be friends, whether it be uh, marriages, whether it be business connections. I'm, I'm just hang in here with me for a few minutes, okay? Until you get healthy with God and you find your completion in God, until you are made whole in God, any and every relationship will constantly leave you broken. That's why people bounce. That's why, they, that's why they bounce. Constantly having to change your phone number. Changing new networks of friends. Marriages dissolve, started, dissolved. Businesses started, dissolved, started, dissolved. That's why they're constantly on the move. Because they're never settled. They're never healthy. They're never whole. They're broken. And then when they make connections with others, they break them. And the snowball effect, the accumulation effect, it starts going, as they say, it starts going downhill. Nothing good happens when it starts going downhill. So, Dr. Les Parrott wrote a fabulous book, and he happened to partner with Neil Warren, the founder of eHarmony. They got together, and they wrote this book called Loving the Life You Live. Some of you might want to pick that up, Loving the Life You Live. It's a great little little resource, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some points from it this morning in this message because here, here, here we go. Scripturally, I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, I want you to go to Ephesians. If getting healthy with God is the first step, then how do I get healthy with God? I don't want to ever preach a message that just tells you the, the, the what without giving you the how. Okay, so how do I get right with God? And I don't, it might be from a sin issue, but more than that, I mean complete with God. How do I do that? Well, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number three. In verse number 17, I'm going to read this to you from King James, okay? And then we'll, we'll work a little bit from, from the message. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, verse number 17. King James rendering. That Christ may dwell, dwell, 
big word, dwell in your hearts that he may live, that he may abide, that he might take up residence. Where? In your hearts. How? By faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ. Everybody get your pens out. It's too good not to underscore. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Here it is. That ye might be Filled, everyone say filled, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That you might be filled with the fullness of God. Filled with the fullness of God. Here's your first step to, to making sure that every relationship this way works. And that is coming to relationship this way. When this is healthy, this will work out. If I try to attempt this without this being right, this is going to continually be a mess. It's going to be broken. But if I get this right, how do I do that? I must be filled with the fullness of God. This is what the message says. Same scripture. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in, take in, receive, with all Christians the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. How big's Christ's love? Well, this is what the Bible says. Reach out and experience the breadth of it. Test the length of it. Plumb the depths of it. Rise to the heights of it. Here it is in the message. Live Full lives, full in the fullness of God. And here we are, we're constantly running around looking for that friend, looking for that hot chick, looking for that savvy fella, looking for that right job, looking for that right group, looking for that right click, because we think they're going to provide what we need. If I could just, if I can get on that website and find that right one, I'm going to find what I need. And the Bible's saying, you're looking in all the wrong places. Sound like a good song. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Okay? Looking in all the wrong places. You need to be filled with the fullness of God. Here's your point. Because you have profound significance. You matter to God. You matter to God. You matter so much to God that he gave his very best for you in Christ Jesus. He is so madly in love with you. Hey, everybody, he's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He's crazy about you. He loves you. He loves you. Just try to measure the breadth of his love. Just try to get an idea of the depth of his love. Just, just try to comprehend the height of his love. He wants you to be filled with the fullness of his love. You matter to God. And when you can get a hold of this, when you can get an absolute grip 
on the fact that God loves you, you'll stop trying to find your completion in people. And you'll come to grips with the truth that only he can complete you. Here's a second thing that you got to hit a hold of. It's still in Ephesians, but we're going to skip over to chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse number 1, I read it again from King James. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep, endeavoring, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Now the message reads it this way, I want you to get out of there, get out of there and walk, better yet run on the road. Everyone say the road. This is important. Everyone say the road. Run or walk on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands and don't want you strolling off down some path. Everyone say a path. We, I had you repeat me, a road, and then there's a path, the path that goes nowhere. Now just, just hang in here with me today. I'm talking about having a healthy relationship with someone before you can do that, you have to understand your significance with God. He loves you. You matter to him. And when you can go to bed at night knowing that you have completely given yourself over to God, it will allow you to have an unswerving, un un uncompromising, and unbending authenticity about you where you're not that you're not influenced by people. God called you on a road. Everyone say a road again. This road leads to somewhere, and God's somewhere is always better than where you are. But people want you to get off that road to somewhere that's better than where you are, and people want you to get on a path, a little path that's going to just lead you right back to where you are. A buddy of mine came to me after the first service. He said, man, when you got to preaching on that road and on that path, I went down memory lane. It was a few years ago. We were on a ski trip. He said, we were snow skiing this one, one run, and it was this most beautiful run, and it was fabulous, and it, 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 was, it was a good run, but every now and then, as many times as we would tackle this run, there was a little, a little path that went off, and I always thought going down, Next time, I need to take that path. I need to see where that path leads. That, but there's nobody there. After several times down the run, he pointed his skis to the path. And he got off of this exciting, awesome, enjoying run. And he got on this path that nobody else was on. And he realized it wasn't just but a, few feet that it, all the fun left and he started having to work so hard because it flattened out. It even started taking a turn, a little up slope, and it brought him right back in a horseshoe to where he got off that run. 
I gave him a high five and said, I'm going to use that in that second service. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happens when you start trying to get into relationship with people before you get healthy with God. That's what happens when you get into business with people before you get into business with God. That's what happens whenever you come into friendship with people before you have a friendship with God. That's what happens when you fall in love with people before you fall in love with God. It gets you onto this path, this little path that looks cute, that looks fun, and it becomes hard work that literally leads you to nowhere. God says, listen, stop trying to look into her eyes and say, you complete me. And start looking into heaven and be filled with my fullness where you can actually ride and travel and head somewhere better than where you are. Matter of fact, just somebody clap your hands just because you ain't done it all day long. Just clap your hands. Corey, I'm preaching better than this church's amen and Corey. Hey, everybody. God's got a plan for your life. You think he, she or he or they has a plan? No, their plan is for you to spend your time and to waste your days and to spend all your energy going nowhere. Man, you hook up with the wrong people. I'm going to preach a little while today. You hook up with the wrong people. You just think you're heading somewhere. All you're doing is spending your life in a, in, a, in a circle. You're just like that little, you ever seen that little mouse at the pet store? Never advancing. Never increasing. Never growing. Never developing. Never maturing. They spend 20 years on the wheel, look back, and all they got some sweat. And some people in this service today, you look back over the last five years of your life, all you have is some sweat, and you have nothing to show for it. And Holy Spirit speaking to you right now, it's because you started into a relationship before you developed the right relationship. God says you have so much significance, I would love you if there was no one else to love. I would have been on that cross if there was no one else to die for. I would have died for you. And I want to call you and I want to put you on a road. A road that's going to take you somewhere. A road that's going to take you to blessings. A road that's going to take you to completion. A road that's going to take you to health. Because when you get to where, everybody listen to me. When you get to where I'm taking you, you'll find the purpose of the journey. Thank you, Jesus. The purpose of the journey is self-giving love. Continuing in Ephesians, look here, Ephesians 4, once more, verses 2 and 3. Back to the message. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits, not in starts, but steadily pouring yourself out for each other in acts of love. Be alert in noticing differences and be quick at mending fences. If you look around this church property and if you read its, its mission, if you've ever attended Growth Track, our new member welcoming 
time of information sharing, you will know that this church exists for these reasons, to help you, to help people, to help anyone and everyone with ears that have to hear, to help them know God. Everyone say, know God. But then what we know is that's an instant thing, man. When you hear the gospel and your faith is lifted, you can respond to the gospel message by faith and Jesus' saving grace will save you instantly. No work required. But we also exist to put you on the journey of finding freedom and that is where the fun starts. Because now that you're right with God under the understanding of your profound significance, you get your heart right with God. But now, now you start the fun process of getting all the stuff of your world, of, of your past, out. You're fr- getting freed up. Imagine, imagine if, I had, if I had weights all hanging on me. Every step, living for God, I should be dismantling another weight. I should be getting set free from another issue. Almost like an onion, layer by layer. I'm going somewhere in Jesus. And my faith in Christ is, is, is setting me free, more free every single day. What's the point of the freedom? That I might find out my purpose. My purpose is not to spend my life trying to please people. Some of you need to be set free from the disease of please. God didn't create you to be a people pleaser. He created you to be a God worshiper. And what happens is you get into the wrong relationships. You'll spend your whole life trying to please people. And people are constantly going to get you on the path to nowhere. And when we bury you, and when I do your eulogy, and your uncle is your pallbearer, you'll have nothing to show for it. And that's not God's plan. I know it's real. But the series is called Be Real. You got to preach like this in a series called Be Real. I mean, come on. Listen. Don't waste another day trying to please people. Invest your day pleasing God. And what you will find is you'll find your life filled. Somebody say filled. With the fullness of God. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. Oh, help me, Jesus, preach this message. When I'm filled with the fullness of God and I have, a, and I have an unswerving authenticity, when I'm committed to following God and not committed to people, when I'm committed to being influenced by the Scripture, being influenced by the Holy Spirit, being influenced by my prayer, my communion with God and Him communing with me, when that's my steer, when that's my influence, when that's my catapult, when that's my catalyst, when that's the case, I can't, I can't get off track onto a path to nowhere. I stay in my lane where God's taken me. And when I get there, I'll know my purpose. And what's my purpose? Mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily. Here it is. Pouring yourselves out for each other. Somebody say these words. Make a difference in someone else's life. But here's what happens. We, we think Scripture... We, we kind of we abuse scripture when we think iron sharpeneth iron. Listen to me. Until you're healthy with God, when you're bumping uh, in relationship 
iron to iron with, with a parent or with a coworker or with a spouse, a friend. When you, when you think it's going to leave you sharper edge, all it does is create sparks. Sparks create fire. Fire causes destruction. Unhealthy iron to iron causes problems. But when I'm right with God, when I have this healthy, when I'm filled with the fullness of God, when my heart is pleasing God and not pleasing people, God will put me in a divine, designed relationship where when I do have iron to iron, it leaves both parties sharper with an edge than ever before. A difference is made. And a difference that brings glory to God and a difference that brings a, brings a blessing on a family and upon a home. Let me close with this this morning. If you've ever wondered, if you've ever asked yourself the question, how, how, how can I make a difference? How can I really make a difference? Before I tell you a job, before I, before I give you a job description, before we ever walk you into the dream team at Calvary and put, put you in a position of serving, Jesus really summed it up. Jesus summed it up well. During the Roman Empire, when a Roman soldier or soldiers were walking through a community, it was by law that the young men of age, the young men of accountability, the young men of age, we'll say about 12 years old, they were required to carry the soldier's bag, backpack, his equipment, his gear for one mile to give him relief and to show honor. So what would these boys do? These, these boys would run out, say if their house was on a stretch of north to south, south to north, they'd run out one mile south of the house and drive a stake in the ground. And then they'd run out one mile north of the house and drive a stake in the ground. And, and Dylan and Crystal, when a, when, a, when a soldier was coming in from the south, as soon as he would hit their house, the young men of age would go and relieve the soldiers of their bag and carry it for one mile north. If they were coming from the north heading south, they would do the same. They'd run out and grab and relieve and show honor for one mile. Sounds like a fabulous idea, but this is where it went south. This is where it went downhill because it, 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 it reared up. It reared up a generation of young men that would only go one mile. And when they would get to their stake and their little orange flag was waving in the wind, their honor would stop. Their blessing was, was finished. And they would drop it. And that old Roman soldier would have to bend down, Brother Mickey, and he'd have to pick that up. And he was back on his own. And Jesus taught. He taught this as a principle. If you want to bless, if you want to take the mask off of this messed up world of relationships, Know your significance in God. Be filled with God's fullness. Don't bend to please people. But go the second mile. So when you get to your stake and thinking that you've done all you're required to do in relationship, don't stop. Press on the second mile. And all of a sudden, the teacher, the Messiah, those words began to be multiplied 
And as I was told this morning from a preacher friend of mine, what this day needs is a second mile church in a one mile world. Ladies and gentlemen, in conclusion of this third week of this series, if you're looking to be real in relationships, start with the one that matters the most. And it's not a he or a she. It's not an it. It's the I am that I am. Start with your creator. Have your heart filled with the fullness of God. Commit to him, not people. And then give. I'm about to dismiss you, but I want you to see this visual. Stacy and Jared, they're about to have a baby. His little name's Jameson. This family, this couple, is going to be poured. Heaven's going to pour in its love to a mom and dad. He's poured it into Jared. How old were you when you came to Jesus? Seven years old. He's a preacher's son. Stacy, I'm sorry to call on you in public. How old were you when you came to Jesus, Stacy? Nine. Two young kids gave their hearts to Jesus and heaven poured its love in. Somehow or another, they didn't get on the wrong path. They stayed on the right road. They find one another in Bible college. From Bible college, they fell in love. And now a little couple that wasn't sure if they were going to have kids or not, God's blessed them again with a baby. But watch this before I pray over you. Now what they've been given from heaven shall be poured out to another generation and to their son. But you can't give what you've yet to receive. And there's some of you, you're trying to give. You're trying to give. You're trying to make this thing work. You're trying to keep that marriage together. You're trying to keep that parenting working out. You're trying to keep that job. You're trying to, you're trying to keep it. You're trying to keep everybody happy. You're trying to, you know, you're about to walk into Thanksgiving. Good night, have mercy. Some of you are going to feel like the turkey this year. You're, going, you're about to walk into Thanksgiving and having to put up with all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to try to give. You're going to try to give. What you need to do is receive. And I'm about to pray over you. I want you to stand. I'm sorry I went a little long today. And I'm going to blame it on the musicians. They sang a little long today. Here's what I want you to do. I think posture is critical. I want you to get your hands out. I want you to get in that position, that posture of receiving. Just receive. I think everybody would be comfortable doing this right now, okay? This is not, we're not going to go down some crazy path of weirdness. I just want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I, want, I just want you to imagine receiving, receiving. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I believe with all my heart that you've given me this message on this particular Sunday before the craziness of the holiday cycle starts and before we're put in an environment of, 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 of trying to please people before we can do that before we even try that before we even allow ourselves to think that crazy thought we receive from heaven what you're offering now all over this room in that posture I pray this prayer over you. Dear Lord Jesus, I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness of my sin. You're not overlooking it. You're not sweeping anything under the carpet. You're just receive, you're just giving me, I'm receiving the invoice that's been paid in full. I receive the forgiveness of my sin. I receive right now in Jesus' name the cleansing of my mind. I receive the peace in my heart. I receive in the name of Jesus the empowerment to stay on the road of my calling and to find that wonderful destination of my purpose where I can make a difference in someone else's life. I thank you for this holiday season. I'm not going to allow it to be problematic. I'm going to stay on the road of my calling. It's going to be a season of blessing. It's going to be a season of happiness. I'm not going to live by my feelings. I'm going to live by the word of truth. I'm going to be filled by the fullness of God not by what people can do for me or to me my significance and my identity is in you and I stay right there in Jesus name Amen I want you to know how much I love you and I bless you in this holiday season that we're all about to head into whether we want to or not it's here and it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Because we're not going to hide, are we? We're going to be real. We're going to be open and honest. If you are here today and you would like to be a part of our growth track, we'd love to feed you a quick lunch. We'd love to help you find your purpose. It goes really well with this sermon. Today's the third Sunday of the month. We're going to be talking about purpose. It's going to be about 30 minutes, 45 minutes at the most. I promise you, you'll leave full, belly full, heart full. I bless you.